Hello, leaders. Welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast. Every now and then we go back into the archives and we dig up one of the previous episodes. And on this episode today, we're going to be looking at one that is really important, the idea of thinking backwards. I hope you enjoy this episode. Even if you've heard it before, I think it's a great reminder. If this is new to you, I hope it helps you lead a more healthy and resilient life. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea. It's required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs. And one of the things that parents say often is, kids are so resilient. And maybe we say this more to ensure ourselves that our own parenting mistakes and failures won't be fatal or have long-term consequences in our kids' lives. But nonetheless, that phrase has made me wonder over the last several weeks, why don't we say that about adults? What if we said, oh, adults are so resilient, the same amount of time that we say that about kids? What about leaders? Well, that's the point of this podcast, so I'm glad you're listening. That's my dream, that people would say leaders are so resilient as often or even more often than we say that kids are so resilient. Oh, whew. Our world has become more divided than ever before lately, hasn't it? Today, we're going to look at a topic that's crucial for us right now, especially as our world becomes even more polarized and politicized with each passing day. I want to talk about Charlie Munger and inverse thinking. You may recognize that name, Charlie Munger. Munger is the business partner of Warren Buffett and vice chairman of the multi-billion dollar company Berkshire Hathaway. As Buffett's right-hand man, as an investor, Munger's net worth is close to $2 billion. Munger is incredibly sharp, sharp and experienced despite his old age. He is savvy when it comes to markets and investing, but he is also quick to point out that it is the way he thinks that has made him who he is today. And that way of thinking is called inverse thinking. It involves the intentional process of thinking about and planning for the opposite of what you want to happen which can give you a competitive advantage, he says, in anything that you do. Munger didn't make this up. It's been around for a long time and used by great thinkers, scientists, Stoics, and innovators throughout history. But Munger has popularized it. The ancient Stoic philosophers like Marcus Aurelius and Seneca regularly conducted an exercise known as premeditatio malorum, which is translated to premeditation of evils, where you think about what could go wrong or bad before you think about what could go well. In the modern era, the, inverse, the inversion technique originated from a German mathematician, Carl Jacobi, who said, invert, always invert. It's where we take a situation or a problem and we turn it upside down. We look at it backward. What happens if our plans go wrong? Where do don't we want to go and how do we get there? Instead of looking for success, we make a list of how we could fail instead, and then we do all that we can to avoid those qualities. Munger has a famous and humorous line where he talks about inverse thinking. He says, tell me where I'm going to die so I don't go there. <laughs> Munger also said this, it is remarkable how much long-term advantage people like us have gotten by trying to be consistently not stupid instead of trying to be very intelligent. Let me say that again. It is remarkable how much long-term advantage people like us have gotten by trying to be consistently not stupid instead of trying to be very intelligent. 
Now, on the surface, this sounds incredibly pessimistic, cynical, and fatalistic, maybe even overly simplistic, but few people strive to do this. Now, vision casting and forward thinking are important, but inverse thinking and backward thinking are also important because it can give you and help you to unlock solutions to difficult problems that may have been holding you back for years. So think about what you want to happen. How can I get new customers in my business? The opposite of what that would be, inversion thinking would be, how can I prevent the business from attracting new customers? What you want to see happen, how can I lose weight? The opposite of that might be inversion thinking, how can I prevent myself from losing weight? What you want to see happen, how can I become a better leader? The opposite of that inversion thinking is, how can I prevent myself from becoming a better leader? If I were to launch a business, what are all the reasons that it would fail? James Clear, the author of the great book, Atomic Habits, describes inversion thinking in an article he wrote on his website. Uh, he said it this way, imagine the most important goal or project that you're working on right now. Now, fast forward six months in the future and assume the project or goal has failed. Now, tell the story of how that happened. What went wrong? What mistakes did you make? How did it fail? In other words, think of your main goal and ask, what could cause this to go horribly wrong? By the way, I put the link to this great article by James Clear in the show notes so you can read it in full if you're interested. Now, recently I gave a presentation to a group of pastors. I was trying to persuade them to reorganize their churches in new ways. And I started with this. Here are all the obstacles you'll face if you try to do this. And here's why this way won't work for you. That's how I started the first five minutes of my presentation. They all were leaning in and listening because that's not normally how you start a presentation. But then I told them that the reasons why uh, that it wouldn't work, they can be overcome. And here's why it would work moving forward and why it's worth it. By starting with inversion thinking and why it wouldn't work, it helped to strengthen my argument because uh, I was trying to persuade these pastors. By doing it like this, it gives you more credibility. It helps people see that you've thought through the risks right up front. So pick a goal and use the inversion thinking method and see what happens. By the way, Paul does this in a lot of his letters. In the book uh, of Romans, when he's writing, he says, shall we sin so that grace shall abound more? Of course not. And he goes into the argument why. Uh, he, he talks about the way people are thinking, the arguments people are bringing, and he goes about and then addresses it that way before they even have a chance to voice it. Now, start with a new project. Why would it fail if you worked on it? Start with a new business. How could I start a new business that would have to declare bankruptcy in two years? I'm beginning a new writing project. How could you write this book in a way that no one would ever want to read it? Starting a new church or a nonprofit. How could I start this in such a way that it would be discouraging or directionless for me and for others that we're trying to serve? By the way, inversion thinking is really important. It's crucial as we think now in our divisive world. Charlie Munger said that if we disagree with someone, we shouldn't be allowed to state our case without first understanding and articulating the other person's perspective as well or even better than they do. What a fascinating idea. And all of this is interesting because before being Warren Buffett's right-hand man, Charlie Munger was an attorney. Now imagine, if we live by this wise principle in the midst of all the division and animosity in our world right now, inversion thinking, 
can help us understand other people's perspective more fully. Similarly, we need to ask ourselves this important question before we interact with others. Am I about to have a monologue, a conversation, or a debate? Am I about to have a monologue, a conversation, or a debate? In our current tenor, many of us assume the dialogue and debate posture by default. But imagine if we were to use inverse thinking as a leader, being able to understand and articulate the perspective of the other as well or better than they can, and then sharing our perspective. That would lead to much more honest, gentle, and humane conversation. Now, instead of a straw man argument where we pick out the weakest argument of our opponent and attack it, some have referred to this inverse thinking as steel man on a steel man argument, where you take your opponent's side and give the best argument against you of why I'm wrong and my perspective isn't right, and then answer the objection first before they even bring it up. Now, practically speaking, think of someone you disagree with. Even in the midst of the intensity of the past several weeks, whether you're conservative or liberal, whether states should open up in the pandemic or remain closed, whether to wear a mask or not, Black Lives Matter, or why is there so much widespread looting and rioting going on? Whatever the issue, can you use inversion thinking and ask yourself, can I first articulate the position of my opponent as well or as better than they can before I share my opinion? Inverse thinking is not pessimistic. It is not cynical. It is not fatalistic thinking. It is a tool that can help you become more resilient as a leader and more importantly, a kinder, more civilized human being. And right now, we need that more than ever before. Well, thanks for joining me today. Make sure you check out the show notes for links and resources on inverse thinking and ways that we can stay connected and in touch. And if I can partner with you to help you flourish in these changing times, let's connect. This podcast is produced by the highly capable and creative Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit onalimproductions.com. That's O-N-A-L-I-M-B productions.com. For all of your video and podcast needs, leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning.